Welcome back to We Still Like Each Other, the podcast. I'm Travis. And I'm Stephanie. And this is the podcast where we show that the honeymoon stage can last forever. Forever and ever. Hi, my love. Hey, baby. What's going on? Um, I should have drank water before we started. Yeah, please. <laughs> Act like you've been doing this for 70-something <laughs> like, episodes. I should some water. But I'm doing well. It's been a long day, but I'm feeling good at this moment. So everything else is like irrelevant. Okay. <laughs> How are you? I'm feeling good. Feeling victorious. Why? Your boy just chefed it up. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we had a listener. Shout out to Tiffany. Mm-hmm. Um, she said her husband, Lewis, discovered this page called Smoking and Grilling mm-hmm. with AB. And that very similarly to me, he doesn't like to cook, mm-hmm. but he's been chefing it up since he found this YouTube page. Mm-hmm. And she sent this a few weeks ago and I was like, in the back of my mind, I was like, I'm going to revisit that. And today I finally did. Mm-hmm. And I chose the chicken parm uh, recipe and I feel like I did my damn thing. I want to ask you something. Okay. Because in the past, like when you finally cook something, you're kind of doing it because I'm like upset. I'm annoyed. I'm like, what the fuck? Like make us something to eat. And I don't like when your attitude seems like you hate it. I'm like, you can't make food for people with like a negative, like, ugh. But you always try to convince me like, that's not true. Like, that's just my face. That's just how I am. Like, but did you notice a difference in the way you were cooking today? compared to other times because i feel like today you cooked with love i did i did especially like seeing things come to fruition like oh look how golden brown that chicken is and it was definitely more excitement um i'm not sure what to equate that to but i'm just saying if you notice the difference because you looked up the recipe i feel like your attitude was better Mm mm-hmm but I feel like you were trying to convince me that I was making it up. Like, no. On previous. On um, previous times. Like, no, I'm, I was fine. I didn't have an attitude. There's potentially something there. There is. There's a difference. Yeah. I don't know what made today different or what made that meal different, but I definitely was happy. I was happy with the outcome. I was happy during. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so I wanted to give a special shout out to Tiffany and Lewis. Keep doing your damn thing, mm-hmm. brother. And thank you, Tiffany, for giving us the details. Yeah, and I hope you continue to do it because it was nice. Yeah. Um, well, we locked in this Friday. Mm-hmm. You uh, still want to do it? Yeah. I, mean, I thought you were I, making. I thought you were gonna say, "Well, I cooked on Sunday. No, I'm, I'm not cooking." I'm on a Friday. man of my word. So <laughs> we, I think the last conversation we had, you were saying if I could like stick to like every was it every once a month yeah the second friday of every month just to start off Mm -hmm. and then hopefully that'll increase but that's coming up this friday so Mm -hmm. i'll be on that youtube channel looking for something else (laughs) find something simple but yummy something chicken probably is gonna be the protein definitely gonna be chicken (laughs) (laughs) um how was your week It was good. It went by fast. Um, Work was busy, but I felt motivated at work. Mm -hmm. Something about it being a new year, maybe because I had a really good end of year review. Mm. So I was like, I had a a fire ignited in me. So, and I think it showed in my work. They should do a mid-year review to motivate people. They do. They do? Okay. (laughs) But you're even more motivated when you know your bonus is right around the corner. Yeah. (laughs) 
So they should do bonuses twice a year. <laughs> yeah, I wish. but I I think overall I'm. It, it doesn't take just a bonus for me to be motivated at work. Like I mm-hmm. do my damn thing. Yeah, but just just like the new year, people say like it doesn't. You don't need the new year to make changes, but there's something to it. Yeah, you know, bonuses are there for a reason. Um, so if it gave you a little bit of extra motivation, then so be it. You don't have to like explain it away. How how'd your week go? Um, my week went well. I set up a new routine with like take making sure I take care of my body and Monday through Thursday I was on it with my workouts, um, my stretches, and I felt good. Um I also was falling short in some of my expectations that I set for myself, but that's because I was trying to do too much. Um, I think trying to be, well, not trying to be, but being a stay-at-home mom, I forget that it's a job, right? So, like, taking the things River needs is my job. But then it's like, I'm also a homemaker, So I want to take care of the house. But then it's like, I need for my mental health, I need to do X, Y, and Z. And I need to remember, like, there's not enough hours in a day. If I had a regular job that I punched the clock from eight to four, realistically, how much more could I really do? So I think this week I'm going to shift and try to get my exercise done before I punch the clock (laughs) and then use the day as if it would work and, you know, log hours for the podcast and for some other personal career goals that I have and kind of see how that works. Yeah. I think that's a good approach because if you think about it, like if you were leaving the house, Mm -hmm. I don't know, seven o'clock in the morning and coming back at five in the evening, Mm -hmm. let's say you're not cleaning your bathroom during the day. You're Mm -hmm. not washing dishes. You're not dusting. Mm -hmm. Although, these are luxuries of you being um, being a stay-at-home mom. But if you add those things in on top of the things that you want to accomplish, mm-hmm. it's too it's much. impossible. It's impossible. I'm exhausted. So although it's going to be difficult, it's going to be a lot of um, unlearning. Pra- unlearning and practice. <laughs> it's okay if you see something. You got to be like, well, that's uh, this evening when I'm off the clock. Yeah. You know. Problem. And I think a big part of... What could make that successful is going into Monday, like ready, Mm. like setting us up in terms of there's not any major messes. Um, If you follow me, my personal page on Instagram, I've also been trying to do this declutter challenge. So on January 1st, I got rid of one item. January 2nd, two items. My dumbass did not connect the dates with the items. but You didn't? Wow. No, I mean, it's obvious now, but... You, wow. All right, so that's what I'm doing. And You got rid of eight things today? Yeah, I did. Where, where were From they? my desk. I literally just posted on my Instagram before oh. I came down here. Um, Damn, it's going to get crazy then. When I have 30 <laughs> things to get rid of, I know it's going to get harder and harder, but... That's cool. My goal is that less stuff means less things to have to clean mm. and organize. I want to have the necessities... And not have so much stuff. And I think since we're messy people by nature, just having less things to make a mess of would just make my life a little easier. Yeah, you brought up a good point the other day. After you did laundry, you're like, look at all this clean clothes and our drawers are full. Are full. Mm-hmm. So when you think of it like that, you're like, Ugh. Like we should have enough pajamas for a week. 
maybe a couple extra days, maybe eight, nine days worth of pajamas. There should be no reason why if a week after doing laundry, our pajama drawer is still full. Yeah. Like, especially like those just, you know, these are these are house clothes. Like when our T-shirts get dingy, we're like, oh, this is a house shirt. Like, we don't need that many motherfucking house shirts. You know what I mean? I do. I don't know. It, it, it's going to be a lot of unlearning. I don't know how some people do it. Do what? Just like, it's like one drawer that's not even filled to the brim. And this is like their wardrobe. Yeah. And obviously, we're not that type of people, right? Because we like fashion. We like clothes. We... We're like, what are we wearing on the podcast today? And we find joy in that. And I don't want to strip us of joy, but I also want us to just tone it down a little bit. Yeah. And I feel like I'm having deja vu. If y'all been on watch listening to us the past year and a half, we've probably talked about this. But I also think it's like a great reminder that you set goals for yourself and sometimes you're gonna fail or sometimes you're gonna slip, but you it's can still, revisit. You them. can revisit and get back on track. So yeah. I don't think, yeah, you've definitely heard us have this conversation before, but yeah. it's also we're gonna try again. Yeah. And also, had we not attempted it before, we would have had even more shit right now. So even though we kind of regressed, it still minimized how big of a problem it could have been. Yeah. Like even with our finances, I know last episode we talked about like, you know, maybe that's where we fucked up this past year. Had we not gotten rid of all our credit card debt, had we not paid my master's in cash, the hole we're in now would have been way bigger. We probably wouldn't have been able to move here. We probably wouldn't have been able to invest in microphones, camera, laptop for this podcast. So, yes, we fucked up, but also give us some grace. And it's like the same way we recovered a couple of years ago, we can do it again. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Moving on, speaking of, like, finances, we had, Eli had a casting, right? Because he does modeling, so he had this casting in the city. Um, and, of course, we never go anywhere, so we took advantage and actually put some clothes on, like, got dressed, felt good. But then we were like, we were just in the car, like, let's go do something. We went bowling, and we had an amazing time. Except you forgot your ID. I forgot my ID, yeah, so I couldn't buy a beer. I never get ID'd anymore and I'd be tight because I'm like, what they trying to say? I don't look like I'm under 21. <laughs> I think that if it were like a smaller business, but that's yeah. like a chain. And- yeah, it's kind of like they just ID everyone. Mm. Like our parents would have probably got ID'd. Like it doesn't matter. But it was a little annoying. Um, but then afterwards, we're like, we were too tired when we got home. Eli really wanted to play PlayStation together with us or with you. And we couldn't. And it's like, we don't enjoy the things we have in our home as a family that are free or that we already made the investment in. So like playing video games together with Eli, we have board games, we have card games. We could have had a good time at home without spending any money. Yeah. I mean, and if you think about y'all saw how we decked out Eli for Christmas Mm -hmm. and it was, I don't know, we were heading home from that audition and... Steph and I are dressed and I'm like, damn, it just feels weird to go from city audition and just back home. Like, let's Mm -hmm. go do something. And I feel like what I could have done in that moment is like, let's go use the shit we've bought in our house. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like Eli has the coolest room of any kid I've ever known. 
I could bring a controller up there and play with him just like he's been asking for. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to make time for like video games because we're so busy. So I felt like that moment, definitely a teachable moment, although it costs money, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But I think moving forward, it's just like we've, we, and more so you have curated this beautiful home for us. Mm -hmm. Like I love my home. It's the reason why I am out the door on time Mm -hmm. every day at work. Like, I'm out. Nobody. I get upset if I have to stay over. Mm -hmm. So why not use it to, you know, it's giving use me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think sometimes when we're home and we finally have a second, we're like couch potatoes. Let's watch something. We're on Netflix, YouTube. Um, and we need to be more intentional with our downtime to make it family time. I was going to say, especially with the children. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little easier with River because, you know, he just wants to horse around, play with his toys. But Eli, you have to be, we have to be a little bit more intentional. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, teachable moment. And I think we'll, we'll move forward accordingly. All right. You had some time with your dad. Oh, yeah. How was that? I forgot about that. <laughs> um that was okay so y'all we've been talking about this studio forever mm-hmm. but we finally had some progress so mm-hmm. my my dad has known about you know the issues we've been having with getting it done and he said yep i'm coming to new york for a dentist appointment i'll come help you i'll help get you started so he came bright and early like mm-hmm. he said he would have think it was like eight o'clock and we got to it and it was it was special it was like it's like one of those things I'll I'll never forget. Mm. I feel like, you know, I hate to like, you know, say this, but you know, when he's long and gone, I feel like I'll hold on to that memory yeah. of us like just it was like bonding time. Yeah, and obviously I don't think we're gonna be living here that long, but I just think that that moment of mm-hmm. him helping out and I honestly didn't even ask him. He he offered him ser- his own services. Mm-hmm. So there's like a lot of special things surrounding that moment. Mm-hmm. Teachable moment for me in terms of being handy. That yeah. I, I learned a lot and I was like excited because I was even calling Steph down like, did you know that this hammer uses bullets? <laughs> She's like, what? No, even your dad. He's like, Steph, come down. Did you see? Did you see? He's like, I want to make sure you approve. Y'all were both like so proud of all the work. I loved it. Yeah. So, and you know, we got to talk about certain things. It was, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, before he left, he was like, that was some good father-son time. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, y'all so cute. So I have like a, or we have a 60% done studio now. <laughs> yeah. So if y'all, if, you know, if you're handy and you live in the tri-state and want to help yeah, me with that. You know how to like mount put, some sheet Put up rock. some drywall yeah. and paint and. Holla at us. Holla at us. <laughs> But yeah, that, we pay in dinner. I could cook something for you. Yeah, my father got Domino's, so we'll we'll step it up. I'll, I'll make you one of my meals. <laughs> <laughs> Travis can make chicken farm. Um, all right, baby, you have a did you know for us, so yes. we could get rolling. Did you know? Did you know more than thirty three percent of men and women say they have watched a TV show or movie that affected them so much they considered breaking up? Yo, go ahead. Get him. That's I'll it. bring up. I'll bring up what I was going to say. That's the That's, did you know? Okay. Well, all right. So this is kind of off topic, but uh, it reminded me of okay. it. The other day I was like watching old music videos. Okay. And I put Destiny's Child's playlist. Say my name. Yes. So then 
Bills, Bills, Bills came on. And in that song, is they're talking about like a guy who was fronting in the beginning, making it seem like he was more established than he was. But then little by little, she starts paying the bills. He starts using her car mm. and all this stuff. And I'm like, yo, I'm probably the way I am because I listened so much to Bills, Bills, Bills as a kid. I was, I was going to say, I'm sure the same thing could be said about music. Yeah. So I was thinking about that. Like, yo, we kind of don't talk about how music has impacted some of our values. And I was jamming, say my name, say my name, and Bills, Bills, Bills. And I'm like, that should probably influence like the type of men that I wanted in my life and the type of shit I would put up with or not. And like, we don't give Beyonce enough credit. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think in general, I think a lot of people have probably been broken up with over media, mm-hmm. TV shows, movies, music. Yeah. It's, it's powerful. Like yeah. I, my favorite thing to say is like, how many times have you like left like a, I don't know, like a comic book movie or ninjas as a kid and you come out kicking in mm-hmm. thinking you could fly. Imagine the same in like a rom a, a rom com mm-hmm. or something. The Notebook, and yeah. you're looking at your ancient partner like this motherfucker never said. What do you want? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I don't even remember The Notebook that much. Either. I need to watch it again. Whatever, but or Love and Basketball. That's one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. But wasn't in Love and Basketball? He was like, he was about to get married, and then his best friend came back. Yeah. Oh. Oh yes. Okay. She, and then she's like, I'll play you for your heart. Oh, God. Yes. But then she lost, and he says, One more point. Basically, like, I'll give you another chance. But then they got together, had kids. She went to the WNBA. It's an amazing movie. <laughs> so, but, so 33% of couples, what, what? Men and women say that they have broken up with their partner due to TV, a TV show or movie. Okay. I, I, th- I can see that. Have you ever broken up with someone over? No. Um, no, not at all. But I do feel like I take little nuggets of knowledge, lessons Mm. from movies, from music. Um, and I feel like maybe people have broken up because of this podcast. Well, I know for a fact people have broken up. Well, one couple we met, remember? Yes. We met a guy and he was like, yeah, I broke up with my boyfriend because of this podcast. We were like, oops. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> um, fuck, I was going to say something else. Yeah, anyway, I lost it. Um, do you think, is that fair? Like, what if I came home and I'm like, I've been listening to this podcast and now my expectations have changed. Like, how would you feel? I think that's the risk you run by not being on top of your shit, right? Because mm. although there's a lot of people out there right now who are living semi happy or whatever, mm-hmm. but the more information that their partner gets, they're like, it opens their eyes to like, wait a minute. This isn't, this isn't one, this isn't normal Two, This isn't healthy. Yeah. So my expectations get higher and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Your expectations of me on day one, as opposed to now are different. Different, yeah. So I think that's something you have to expect if you're going to be in a long-term relationship. Mm-hmm. It's just like people who are together from young until they're into their adulthood. You're not going to have the same expectations as you were when you were 15. And I think a lot of 
couples run into problems because of that, because they keep talking about when we got together, when we got together, like leave that shit in the past. Focus on now, the adults that you are now, um, and make it work. And stop dwelling on the past and use your current information, your current growth to, like, make it work. And uh, if you ain't, if you know you're not doing good, just stay away from those movies and TV shows. <laughs> Word. Turn off our podcast right now. I was right going to say, imagine someone, like, muted our podcast on their, on, like, girlfriend's page. Or blocked us on YouTube or some shit. <laughs> I know um, early in our relationship, mm-hmm. you know, we're fresh off me doing dirt. Mm-hmm. And if like a topic came up that was pretty similar to our real life, mm-hmm. I would be like, oh, God, I don't want to. Like, like in when? Like in general conversation? Like a general something? conversation. I, I can't remember the exact example, but like, let's say I was watching like a Breakfast Club something, and they the conversation led to somehow we could like put ourselves in that situation, and I'd be like, mm-hmm, exactly, mm-hmm. yeah, you know all about that, right? Exactly. So <laughs> then I would all the time I come to you and I, I'm excited, like, yo, did you see that so and so interview? And I'll just be like, mm. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But everything is has their nuances. I do want people to not take everything we say at like to heart because you do have to plug in the pieces of your life, but not so much so that you're blatantly ignoring red flags. You're blatantly um, being way too forgiving, not upholding your own personal boundaries. So I love that people are learning from us. Um, but again, you still have to do the work to apply it to your own personal life yeah if you're watching on youtube give this video a thumbs up subscribe leave a little comment for us if you're listening on your favorite audio platform leave us a five-star rating spotify apple Podcasts, anything less keep on listening and maybe we'll change your mind by the end <laughs> and if you're just wanting some more content from us you love us that much you want to sprinkle a little something in our wallets we're on Patreon, mm-hmm. patreon.com forward slash we still like each other. Three tiers, $3, $7, $12. You can mm-hmm. read all about the details on the site. Um, we have an interactive recap coming up this week. Mm-hmm. What are we thinking? Thursday, Friday? Not sure. We got to figure out after. Yeah. But yeah, for just $3 a month, you could show us that you love us. And talk to us live. Yes, talk to us live. And it helps us, you know, maintain the podcast. These microphones are expensive. <laughs> more chicken parm <laughs> all right so for topic number one we have to talk about something that a couple of people send us on through dms it was a post about how gabrielle union said she felt entitled to cheating because she was paying all the bills get her out of here cancel her <laughs> <laughs> I think you even sent it to me. What was your initial thought when you saw the post? Initially, I was just like, oh, good topic. Nothing more than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I initially was like, what the fuck? And then I read it and it in the ca- caption, it mentioned how they were both cheating on yeah. each other. So I'm like, well, OK, well, say that in the headline, too, because it kind of just from the surface looks like she cheated because she made more like money. Like he was just at home being an angel and mm-hmm. she's just like, you broke nigga. Like. And yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to share my pussy with everybody because I'm paying the bills. Like That's not what she, what yeah. the situation was. But 
I feel like it feeds into what you were talking about maybe a couple episodes ago about how there's this divide, like this gender battle of the sexist thing going on and the media loves to feed it. Yeah, it reminds it, it's crazy, but it reminds me of like politics. Mm. It's just like people are pushing their agenda on either side of it. And it's, it's crazy. It's wild. Yeah. And this was a blatant attempt to put like a strike against women. Like, you see, this is why women can't make more money than men, because mm. then they'll be doing this. <laughs> you, you let her out the kitchen and then this is what happened. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I was like, I want to hear more about what exactly happen mm. um and gabrielle union stated that neither of them felt that the marriage should stop them from dating and that shit had me dying that laughing hilarious yeah at that point make it an open marriage like you're gonna you're gonna let something like your husband stop you from finding your boyfriend like- <laughs> <laughs> exactly and they were both basically doing them and they were doing it to one up each other because she also mentioned like i was keeping up with his activities oh that's what you're doing you're gonna feel this one so it's like if you slept with someone i'm like well i'm gonna sleep with this person that's gonna hurt your feelings about it yeah that shit is toxic if you're at that point in your relationship let it go let it go yeah um i do believe that there could be successful healthy open marriages but this isn't an example of that this is like neither of them could control their urges for external validation their need um to just have other partners yeah where where did the the finance part come into this um she said and on top of that i felt entitled because i was paying all the bills and working my ass off Mm-hmm. So she, I could see how it's like, you playing me and I pay all the bills, I'm going to do me too on top of that. Like, I can see that. It sounds crazy, but yeah, I do feel that if I'm as a, like me, let me just stop saying women, men, me, Stephanie, if I was paying all the bills in our relationship, because let's say we came to an agreement, it just made more sense, like for me to be the breadwinner like it just worked out that way i can see myself agreeing to something like that in our marriage because i already know that i'm not in a situation where i'm being taken advantage of financially or anything like that but then if on top of that then i find out you cheated i'm gonna be using that i'm gonna be holding it over your head because it's gonna be the easiest defense that i have like how dare you and i'm paying all the bills you know what i'm saying like being honest that would be my first like jab does that make sense no i get it i was gonna say so i know in the past when i've cheated i feel like although the more obvious answer is that you know i don't know it's just you gotta have control and stop being fucking insatiable and Mm -hmm. all these other things but you tend to like justify it with things that aren't even relevant to why you're doing what you're doing like right. what? So for her, she's cheating. Mm-hmm. But then in her mind, she's like, man, I pay all the bills. Fuck this guy. He needs to step yeah. it up. And then for me, it would be like, oh, well, she did this. So that justifies it. So she gave me attitude during this time. Mm. So it justifies me doing this. So I feel like for her, that was just an uh, add on to something she would have done, whether or not she was paying the, all the bills. Or yes, not. exactly. So I get it. 
I get it. Like, I don't think it's relevant. Like, I, I get it. It's, you know, it's clickbait. It, it looks good in a, on a headline. Mm-hmm. But that's not what we should be focusing on here. Yeah. Because she would have cheated this, whether she was the breadwinner or not. The situation was toxic enough that that variable didn't even need to exist for the infidelity to happen. Yeah. Um, she does mention a couple of things that I found interesting. She said, um, it was like my dad before me, the spoils of riches. Whoever has the most can do whatever they want. And it's just a reminder of the values around us as we're growing up. Kind of, we tend to repeat it. We tend to honor those values and kind of use them in our own personal lives. But we have to make the conscious decision to like stop the toxic cycles. Um, This right here, usually the daughters don't follow the dad's, you know, toxic traits. But in this example, she did. Yeah. And it's also, I doubt, I doubt her father set her down and said this, Mm -hmm. but it's also... He's probably showing her with his actions. Mm-hmm. So she's internalizing that as like. And maybe even her mother's actions. Like maybe her mom felt like she couldn't put a stop to the things he did because he had the money. Mm. You know, a lot of us grew up hearing like, have your own money because then you don't have any control. So I felt like her seeing that, well, like since my dad has the control with the money, now that I got the money, I'm in control. I could do whatever I want. Yeah, you know that. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, another thing she said, um, said that she was horny for validation and validation from specific types of men. I heard that part. Didn't fully understand. So I think she mentioned how her there they had a couple's therapists and the therapist was like, y'all need to get a divorce. Like y'all have nothing in common. And then the podcast host mentioned said, well, what y'all had in common was that y'all were horny for other people. And she said, I was horny for validation. And it goes to show that sometimes we think people are cheating for the sexual satisfaction, like literally like busting a nut. And a lot of times it's validation, like needing other people to show you that you're desirable or that you still got it. And she said it. I was horny for validation and from specific men. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking she's an actor. What type of men is she around that she wants that validation from them? You know, other he was an athlete, maybe other athletes, maybe actors, but like maybe men who were in positions of power. And that was the type of validation she was seeking. And I feel like re- in your relationship, you should have all the validation you need. And if you don't, like, how do you handle that? Like, l- lacking validation. That's it, it kind of sounds like a love language, right? So, mm, if like you're words of affirmation, so if you're maybe. lacking that, you need to express it because then it's going to eventually lead to this. But in this case, and I feel like it could be true for other people, is like, it's not only the love language, but it's from who? Because mm. sometimes maybe I'm making this up because I don't know. Maybe he was giving her words of affirmation. Maybe he did want to you know, make her feel beautiful, but she didn't want it from him. She wanted it from maybe a guy who she wouldn't have to pay all his bills. Then that's some work that she has to do on her own. That's not going to get fixed by a partner. Yeah. I just, yeah. It, if that's what it 
potentially could have been, mm-hmm. then there's nothing he could have done that would have fixed that for her because she would have always been seeking that no matter how great of a partner he was. Absolutely. I think a lot of us, and I'm speaking in general, we have this fear that there's better out there and we're missing out on something. FOMO. Yeah, and I think for her, she probably was like, I'm paying this guy's bills. I'm working so hard. I'm an actress. I'm a celebrity on the come up. Uh-huh. Like, I could get better. And maybe they were just not compatible. She said the therapist was like, why are y'all together? Y- y'all shouldn't have left the dating the phase. The dating phase. So, And that happens. Sometimes that does happen. There's no amount of communication, of therapy that'll keep people together, which is why we say if you don't still like each other, let it go. We're never, ever going to preach, make it work by all costs. Like that's never going to be our message. What would God do? Yeah, absolutely not. But I fucking lost where I was going with that. But um, we also can't always feel like there's something better because there always will be something better. I mean, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like even with like a house, there's always going to be a bigger house a bigger garage, a bigger basement for the kids to have a playroom. And if you're never happy with what you have, the pursuit is going to be endless. Yeah. And I feel like the same could be said for your partners. Like I could find somebody who could cook dinner every night. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I couldn't even get it out. But you get what I'm saying? Like we can't always just want better and better and better and better. There's a limit. That doesn't mean have no expectations. That doesn't mean have no, um, what's the word? Standards. That doesn't mean don't have any standards. But there's also like, come on, let's be real. Yeah. You're asking for too much. Do you think, <laughs> like I, I'm very aware of mm-hmm. what I have in this marriage mm-hmm. and what you bring to my life. Yeah. I don't think there's anything better out there for me. I just feel like we've gotten to a point where like, I truly appreciate that. And I agree. I don't think there's anything out there better for me either. But I think people get caught up in one quality, one thing, one physical feature. That may be lacking. Yes. Instead of the person as Mm. a whole and how you two are compatible, right? Yeah. Because... If I fixated on the fact that I wanted you to have the passion in cooking, I could allow myself to make that break our situation and our you're, relationship. You got mad chefs in your DMs now. <laughs> but obviously, I'm not going to hyper fixate on that. I see you as Travis, everything else that you are, everything that you bring to the relationship, the way you've just made me want to be a better person without telling me you've never said like you need to be better or you need to do this but just our chemistry has lent itself to just make me be a better person a better woman a better wife a better mom just period right but I remember that I keep that in the front even when I'm upset about anything I remember like I can't let that take too much of my joy because there's too much to be happy about But certain people fixate on those little differences 
and think there's better out there just because there's one quality that their partner doesn't have. And it could even be a physical attribute, like being obsessed with like the Instagram butt and the BBLs or. But do you think there's anything that someone could be so fixated on that it could become a deal breaker for them? Because on one end, you're telling someone, you know, if you don't like your partner, don't force it. Right. Mm -hmm. But if there's something about their partner that they wish they would change or Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not something they could change, but it's just something they're completely lacking, whether it's a physical or... It could, it could at the end of the day, be true that that's not your person. And I think we've probably talked about it when it comes to sex drive, right? Maybe everything else is good. Y'all friends, y'all laugh. Um, career-wise, y'all are super supportive of each other, but like super incompatible when it comes to sex and that could be a deal breaker for people um and honestly you still even those people i still say look at everything else you have and put in a little work so that the sex life isn't like the worst thing ever like make improvements to it and you have to accept it's never going to be a hundred percent the way you want it but could you live with small improvements there and then you get to keep everything else that this person brings to your life yeah it's a it's a no-brainer right because even with the cooking and i said it i said i'm sorry babe i can't accept a hundred percent that you just don't cook ever do i want it to be 50 50 like i cook monday you cook tuesday i cook wednesday hell no that's an unrealistic expectation you do work outside the house, have a long commute. Like, I would never expect that from you. But I want to have the peace of mind that, like, if I have a day for myself, you can make eggs and cook something for the kids. If I had a crazy week and I don't want takeout because, honestly, everything on Uber Eats sucks, that you could be like, oh, I'll handle dinner every once in a while. That's a compromise. Yeah, That's take. meeting somewhere in the middle. And I think... Um, we just have to figure out how to get to that middle, how to get to that common ground and not make everything a deal breaker. Oh, sure. <laughs> All right. Let me go on to our last topic. So I wanted to ask you, what does authenticity mean to you? What does that word mean? I want to say showing up as your authentic self. Uh-huh. Um, but what does that mean? Yeah, authentic. Um, just being being real being honest Mm -hmm. yeah being real and honest real honest um what's like an authentic person like i feel like an authentic person it's like void of guilt you know because i feel like sometimes when you're like a caricature of yourself you're not being your authentic self Mm -hmm. so then you're trying to I don't know, just like play up something that's not real. So then Mm -hmm. you have to like remember all this stuff you're trying to play up. Mm -hmm. It's in the same vein as being a liar. I like the, when you said void of guilt, because when you're not being authentic, you always regret it. Like being inauthentic never feels good for long. I feel like sometimes it works for people and like, even for safety reasons, you have to kind of be inauthentic. Like I know 
I'm super inauthentic sometimes when I have to be super nice to like strangers because of I'm just afraid that like if I'm like get the fuck out my face or if I ignore someone that they might become aggressive <laughs> or even professionally professionally especially yep. in corporate mm-hmm. um shit I am not void of guilt <laughs> yeah you have to be super like fake sometimes just to like you know be digestible in the workforce like when sometimes that, when that guy calls me travis scott i gotta go <laughs> sicko mode <laughs> even though i'm cringing on the inside you know? yeah exactly um but in relationships how does the word authenticity show up in relationships or how could it show up in relationships um yeah i think it just kind of goes back to what we we're saying like being your honest real self is being authentic and that's easier said than done for a lot of relationships there's a lot of and we're even guilty of holding back mm. and i don't think that's authentic so in a sense we've haven't been authentic with each other at certain periods of our relationship holding back might actually be a good thing sometimes if you're holding back to kind of but not the big stuff yeah or if you're holding back to just bring it up more thoughtfully you know what i'm saying like you're holding back so you're not giving your knee-jerk reaction you eventually come back and talk about it but you hold back from just blurting out like word vomit sometimes it could be helpful i I can see that um just kind of like finding your words Mm -hmm. and delivering it in a healthy manner all right. So I'm reading, still reading Lighter. I'm a slow reader by Young Pueblo. And there's this section that kind of reminds me that sometimes like the word authenticity could be limiting in our relationships. Right. Because we assume that your first initial reaction is the authentic reaction. Um, be real. Tell me. Or like what you said when you were angry like that's what you meant you've been holding that in that's the real you and no it's not like you can't judge someone as the real them when they're pissed off yeah i feel like you could still hold people accountable though. yeah of course but you could be like uh that came from somewhere like you're triggered in some way like i know that you're when you are calm and you know more level-headed like you don't you don't genuinely feel this way but it's also like an ego thing, right? Mm-hmm. Because if that version of you is showing up consistently mm-hmm. in 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 um in regards to like how you show up when it's any type of turmoil, then at some point I'm gonna be like, all right, this is you. Although, yeah. or is a version of you that you don't want to let go? Are you gonna like do the work so exactly. this fucking version of you doesn't always show up all the time? Exactly. All right, so let me um, read a couple quotes from the book and then see where the conversation takes us. The real you. There is a common misconception that the real you is only seen through your unfiltered thoughts and words. The you who emerges without any thoughtful processing. You hold your immediate reaction on a pedestal. How do you feel about your immediate reactions? Well, my immediate reactions are usually silence. Mm. Um. Hmm, that's interesting 
this is so interesting because we're so different. So it's like what this book or what these words specifically meant to me is like when I know to just calm down so I don't say anything harsh in that initial reaction. But your initial reaction is to be quiet. So what does that mean about your authenticity or your authentic self? And I I don't think this isn't something that's happened because I've done the work and checked my ego. I just feel like, especially in this relationship, it means so much to me that my initial reaction being silence is like, all right, give me, gives my brain some time to like form and response or an answer that I feel like is going to move the conversation forward. I would hate to just kind of just be freestyling and slip up and say the wrong thing. Something I feel that could either make the conversation go south or Mm -hmm. just be straight up disrespectful. So my silence is just like, let me gather myself, think about, and I've said this before, think about like all the directions that this conversation could go, but depending on what I respond. So for me, I view my silence as a strength. Although there are times where I want to be a spitfire, I just don't think it's going to benefit anyone but even more so this relationship just based off our dynamics Mm -hmm. and based off the type of personality you have. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you can be one. So if we both were, I don't see this lasting long. I think it'd be helpful though, that even if you hold back and you're more thoughtful when we finally do speak, I think it's healthy to say like, initially this is what I was thinking. Like it triggered this part of me. But isn't that kind of a cop out? Because it's like, you know, I was going to say you a bitch, but I took some time and realized that you're just upset because. Yeah, because then it kind of sounds like you're still saying the mean things, but you're sugarcoating. Exactly. Yes, it could be, but I don't think it has to be. Like, I think it is helpful for me to know what what are your triggers and what do they bring up? Like, maybe that initial knee-jerk reaction that you would have said has something to do with your past or like a situation you dealt with previously that it kind of came back to the surface that I don't know anything about. That's true. And maybe not you specifically, but like, you know, in general, like it might be healthy to say like, you know, when you mentioned this, like it kind of reminded me of in the beginning of our relationship or reminded me of a past relationship or reminded me of a situation I saw happen with my dad and my mom. Yeah. I, so something's coming to mind. I'm not going to go into what it is, but we had a conversation about something that I kind of been holding on to. And, um, when I said that I even brought up how previous times I was just kind of trying to appease you. Mm. See, that was a good, that's a good example, baby. Um, I'm not ready to have, I'm not ready to talk about what it is yet, but, um, and I feel like that, that, that's like a perfect example of like how I can bring up my initial reaction was this. Like things you've been holding back because you had time to sit with it and think about it. Yeah. Absolutely. See, sometimes it could be healthy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I forgot where I was going with that, but I'm going to read a little bit more. Your initial reaction is your past revealing itself. If you see or feel something associated with the negative reaction, you will react in the same way in the present, even if your assessment of what is happening is exaggerated or incorrect. How do you interpret that? So, even with like 
I feel like today we kind of had a situation like that. We've had issues where I feel like when you are helping or stepping up and like doing things with the kids or with cooking that I I'm kind of perceiving you doing it with like an attitude or like, oh, you hate your life, like with no love. And I'm like, nobody wants to eat food like that. Today, you not, have made not the chicken, parm. not the chicken parm. No. <laughs> or if you've done it in the past. But then like earlier today, you had you were making breakfast with the kids. I was working out and I kind of was triggered in the same way. And you're like, no, I was fine. I was dancing like everything was good. But I might have in the moment exaggerated your annoyance. And like. I since I exaggerated how you were behaving, it triggered me to feel like he doesn't care. He's just half assing this because because he doesn't want me to be mad, but not because he genuinely wants to be of help in this house. Do you see what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Um, so it, it wasn't really based off this particular moment. It's based off previous. Previous ones. Yeah. And because you do work outside of the house four days, have a long commute. Friday was like a busy day with Eli. Yesterday, your dad was here the whole day. So it was like the one moment you had to like, you know, take things off my plate, quote unquote, you know, I hate that terminology. I was already instantly like just hyper vigilant of like, is he annoyed? And, and triggered just by any little thing, because I'm like, well, in the past he's done this. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, it does. Um, I'm going to read this other part. The mind moves so rapidly that it feels as, as, blah, 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 blah. The mind moves so rapidly that it feels as if we are being authentic when in reality we are letting our past experiences dictate how we feel in the present. So even if in the moment that trigger isn't present, we can still act as if it is. Sometimes when we are triggered, we feel justified in expressing our anger by yelling or by loudly acting out our frustration. But this is not a sign of authenticity. It just reveals that we are caught in a cycle where our minds are overloaded with tension that keeps trying to feed its own fire. This is why slowing down and pausing will help us regain our footing in the present, which I feel like defends me because you hate when I'm like, I need a minute. Yeah. I'm, I'm learning to accept it more. Mm-hmm. My only ask of you is tell me. Yeah. I think today... Without going into too much detail. I mostly always say it. But it's just like, I feel like that can soften the blow. Because although it's a hard pill for me to swallow, mm-hmm. it's it's never going to be a, a moment where I'm like, fuck, we're having a disagreement and she needs some time apart. Or not time apart, time to process her thoughts, right? Yeah. I think what could make that more digestible for me and kind of soften the blow of that separation mm-hmm. is that you could be like, I need some time. And honestly, I've read, you know, therapists and stuff saying that you're supposed to do that. And I mostly do. I feel like today I was just annoyed. <laughs> Clearly, okay. we had a fight today. <laughs> a disagreement. Yeah. Or what, what we used to call them? A conversation. A conversation? I Damn, can't remember. I remind us. Yeah, what we used to call them back in the day. <laughs> um, let go of the idea. That who you are is whatever you impulsively do and recenter yourself on the fact that authenticity 
is a quality that requires strengthening and cultivation. What I loved about this quote I have put on my Instagram is like, we think authentic is just something you're just born with. Like, it's just natural. But it's like, we can build authenticity, which kind of seems with the understanding we have of authenticity, like fake. Mm. How could you build something that's supposed to be real and natural? But we can, if we can change our conditioning and our behavior, because the same stressors we had as children are no longer in our adult lives, who we are authentically has to change. You know, so now if, you know, my spitfire attitude served its purpose at one point as a child or in my teenage years or even in my early adulthood, it doesn't serve me now. Well, now I'm a fake ass bitch because I'm no longer a spitfire. Mm. No, it's just what it is to be my authentic self has changed and that's okay. So, sounds great, but... (laughs) I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around your spitfire self being authentic, no matter, like you're saying, your young adulthood or whatever. How can that something I deem negative Mm -hmm. be your authentic self? So it's it's a defense mechanism that I needed in certain parts of my life to survive, whether it be like from outside forces or even my own mental like getting through to the next day like I needed a tough attitude to get through it Mm. and it developed for a reason you know I wasn't like being tough to fake it for people I I didn't think it was cool to act tough for other people it was more so like my life pushed me to develop in that way so that it was authentic and it's it's still there, but it's not relevant to my current life. So I need to like slow it down and think of like, okay, observe what is happening in the present and respond more thoughtfully. That doesn't make me fake, right? Mm. Is that I'm responding to the present. Gotcha. And sometimes we're still behaving as if, like how I talked about earlier, a lot of us will be like, when we first got together, when we first did this, or we need to stop Fuck all that. Fuck all that. Focus on the present. And you have to make changes. People be like, like it's changing is a bad thing. Especially if you get money or something. Oh, you changed. Or if you, you get a college degree. Oh, you changed. Like, duh. The fuck? That's, You're supposed to change. That should be the goal in life. Exactly. Um, because there's a lot of people who had that same type of reaction to, you know, similar upbringing like you who Mm -hmm. had to be spitfires right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but at this grown age are still spitfires i think a big part of it um we don't know how to acknowledge when we're wrong i feel like we have created this belief that it's worse to admit that we're wrong than to just keep pushing um, the false reality, right? So like, how do I explain it? Let's say I overreacted to something. Most of the time, I'm becoming aware of it. As we're having the discussion, as I'm replaying what happened in the present, I'm like, oh shit, I misinterpreted the situation or it's very hard for us to admit that. Even in the realization, we'll be like, nope, 
nope, oh well, oh well, you should have never did this or whatever. Instead of just being like, oh shit, my bad, I misinterpreted that. I thought I heard this. I thought you said that. I didn't realize that X, Y, and Z. So then we're further reinforcing that old authenticity that no longer needs to serve us, that no longer serves us now. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, I totally get it. I feel like that kind of um, shows up for me sometimes in, in terms of, how I used to want to have arguments with you. Mm. Explain. <laughs> so in previous relationships, younger relationships, an argument was just like, how am I about to deflect? I'm about to deflect all this shit. All right, here she go. Bringing up some shit that's probably pretty relevant. But remember when you did this? Remember mm. when you did that? And I learned pretty early on with you is like we ain't doing that shit if you have something you want to tell me you tell me in the moment don't wait for my moment Mm. this is my moment to say what i'm feeling about you Mm -hmm. and now you're trying to trying to like i I say this in jest but you're trying to steal my shine (laughs) yeah deflecting you know you still deflect but in a different way Ooh, tell me how You'll kind of bring up, like, if I bring up a way that I feel like you're falling short, you'll bring up stuff you're doing well. And I'm like, I know that. I'm not taking away from those things you're doing. I just, I feel like that's just how I'm I'm receiving the message. So, like, when you're saying you're not, you're falling short on X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. I kind of receive that as you ain't shit, like you're failing as a father, as a husband, <laughs> as a caregiver. And so you're it's like, like, but I did A, but, B, C, D. And then my defense to that is like, but you know, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm doing this. So mm-hmm. it's not that I'm trying to deflect because I, I, I fully receive the message that you're trying to convey to me that I need you to step it up in these categories. Mm-hmm. But it's also kind of like, I want you to know, even though you probably do, <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. That I am still, you know, uh, like a C plus player. Listen, <laughs> you know that I know because you'll say you even said that like you bring it up like, well, you acknowledge me for doing this the other day. I'm like, OK, but this is a different day. We're talking about something else. Yeah. So you it's like a, a way of deflecting, I think. OK, I'll be more aware of it. <laughs> and this it. I think if I wasn't affirming you or acknowledging you or thanking you for those things, it would make make sense. sense. But yeah, it's definitely your way of like, but wait. And it's kind of deflecting in a way. I get it. I hear you. Um, I have wrote something down that I kind of wanted to just read. We refuse to admit we, when we're wrong, even if we apologize, we say something like, but if you did this, X, Y, and Z, we feel as if admitting we are wrong is a tangible failure. We don't want our partners to have something on us. Mm. I mean, I can't relate. You know, I feel like sometimes they're like, well, I'd rather just agree to disagree than me be like, you know what? You were right. Mm. Even if you know you were wrong. Maybe I'm just speaking for me. I feel like I don't do that anymore, but I know in the past I was like that. I feel like as of late, 
maybe like the past two years or so, you've definitely been more open to apologizing. Mm-hmm. Although it's still weird as fuck when it happens, and I'm still like on edge because I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm about to use an old reference, but I'm like, where's Ashton Kutcher? Because, <laughs> um, Damn, baby, you make it seem like I be wrong all the time and fucking up all the time. No, but I think when you apologize, mm-hmm. it's weird. You apologized to me this week. I can't remember what it was about. I think it was the day I had like a rough day at work mm-hmm. and you apologized after hearing my, st- even it's even crazier when you apologize after hearing my side, <laughs> because it's like, I said the words that equated to an apology. <laughs> That's as a man, you all know that most times we feel like our words fall short. Mm-hmm. Like we, 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 we have the ammunition that we feel would convey our point to our partners. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes we just, we, we, we don't get it out. You properly. know what I think helped that situation that day is that you didn't meet me with like, what's the word? Like you weren't combative with what I said. And you, you kind of validated my feelings. You were like, I can see how you felt that way. This is why my response was this. And you kind of just explained your mindset in that moment. So you didn't, you didn't say like, no, that's not what I said. Why did you feel that way? You're like, I understand that you felt that way. This is where my head was at at the moment. You know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't, you weren't, you didn't, what's that buzzword? You didn't gaslight me into thinking that I'm bugging out, but you were like, yeah, you felt that way, but this is what was happening. So, and then I was like, you know what? It makes sense. I'm sorry. Yeah, and I apologized. <laughs> okay. Right. It's so funny when we're like talking in code about like an argument or something. People yeah, be because, like, what the fuck? Because this is, I feel like we've fallen victim to like oversharing sometimes, especially yeah. on fresh stuff. Like this is stuff that happened this week. Yeah. So although you probably will hear the juicy details behind all this stuff later on down the road, but I feel like when it's still raw, it's like, all right, protect mm-hmm. your marriage because- <laughs> I love entertaining y'all, but not that much. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, And at the end of the day, it's never anything like (gasps) out of character. Yeah, Yeah, scandalous. It's like super regular marriage shit. For sure. So, baby. Daddy. You feeling good about this? Yeah. Feeling good about me? Yes. Do you still like me? I still like you. You sure? I'm sure. You sorry for anything? No. (laughs) Okay. Do you still like me? I still like you very much. Okay. (laughs) Peace, y'all. Peace.